This Sunday, we hear this remarkable story in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus has returned to his home region and has been going from town to town teaching in the synagogues. His fame is spreading through the whole region, and he's finally arrived in his hometown of Nazareth, where he grew up as a child and as a young man. He's in the synagogue for the weekly service. I'd like to paint that scene a little bit more clearly for you all. The synagogue, you'll recall, was the center of religious life in that day and age, in that part of the world. There was only one temple, but wherever ten Jewish families needed, there would be synagogue. That's where people met for worship. The temple was for sacrifices. The synagogue was for teaching. The service would have been in three parts. Worship, where prayers would have been offered. The reading of scriptures, and on any given Sabbath, several people would read, not from books, but from scrolls. And as they read, the ancient Hebrew would, if need be, be translated into Aramaic or Greek one or two verses at a time. And then there'd be the third and final part, which is the teaching. In these small towns, synagogues, there were no professional clergy. The president of the synagogue would ask any distinguished person present to speak, and then discussion would follow. So the teaching part of the service would be more what we would know as a rotary club or a book club atmosphere than the formal church setting of standing up here in the pulpit the way we have now. And speaking of standing up here in the pulpit, we're told that after Jesus reads this passage, he rolls up the scroll, hands it to the attendant, and then he sits down. That makes us think that he's done. Because nowadays, speakers stand up to speak, and they sit down when they're done. But then, teachers sat to teach. So when Jesus sits, all the eyes are on him. There's this breathless anticipation. He said earlier when he was reading that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To let the oppressed go free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus preaches his first sermon as recorded in the Gospel of Luke. It is nine words long. Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, Jesus reads these words, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, pardon for prisoners, sight for the blind, freedom for the oppressed, to proclaim that this is God's year to act. And he says, You've just heard Scripture make history. It all came true just now in this place. In other words, Jesus says, This is my mission statement. This is why I'm here. This is what Holy Spirit has commissioned me to do. And if you read on the next few chapters in the Gospel of Luke, you'll see that Jesus not only talks the talk, he walks the walk. He does exactly that. He goes to Capernaum and he drives out an evil spirit from a demon-possessed man. People are astonished that he has this authority and power to command those evil spirits. 
He heals Simon's mother-in-law of a high fever. And as that day is ending, people are bringing all kinds of people with all kinds of illnesses to him. He lays hands on them one by one, healing them. And immediately after calling the first of his disciples, he cleanses a leper, touching the untouchable. He heals a paralytic. He calls a few more disciples. One of them, Matthew, a despised tax collector. And another one, Simon, a zealot. Someone considered an unpatriotic traitor and a patriotic loyalist. So he's got a tax collector and a tax hater. Two people who could not be further apart and who, apart from Christ, would be great enemies. But following Christ, worked and ate and served together. Now I mention all that because clearly Christ did all the things that he said he was sent to do. He brought good news to the poor. He brought pardon for prisoners, sight for the blind, freedom for the oppressed. That was an accurate description of Christ's presence on earth. My question for us to ponder this morning is this. Is Christ doing all the things that Christ is sent to do now? Is Christ bringing good news to the poor, pardon for prisoners, sight to the blind, and freedom to the oppressed? Is that an accurate description of what Christ is doing on earth right now? And as I ask that question, it may be a little confusing. What do you mean, Christ on earth right now? Christ was 2,000 or so years ago. But no. To understand Christ on earth, we remember what we heard in that lesson from Corinthians. When Paul says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Paul was perfectly capable of speaking in metaphorical language, in analogies or metaphors. He could have said, you're very much like the body of Christ, or you, the church, is similar to the body of Christ in many ways. He wasn't speaking metaphorically. He said, you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And he talks about that beautiful diversity and unity within the body of no two parts being alike. So why the competition between the hand and the eye? If you're a hand, be a hand. If you're an eye, be an eye. And work interdependently. He says you are the body of Christ, alive in the world today. There's a story told about a church in Strasbourg, France, that was destroyed during World War II. Very little remained of the church but rubble. But when the rubble was cleared, a statue of Christ was found still standing. It was unharmed except for the hands of Christ, which were missing. After a while, the church was rebuilt. A sculptor offered to carve a new statue of Christ, one with hands. The leaders of the church considered it, but they decided to keep the old statue and to put a sign at the foot of it which read, He has no hands but yours. You are one part of one part of one part 
of one part of the living body of Christ on earth in 2022. In the annual report that we've distributed and in the reports that we'll hear today in the annual meeting, you can read about the many ways that you, the body of Christ, are bringing good news to the poor, pardon for prisoners, sight to the blind, freedom for the oppressed, proclaiming that this is indeed the year of the Lord's favor, because you are the hands, the eyes, the mouth, the body of Christ. Amen.